da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, we can finally stop answering all the Dumbo-related emails that we get and Thousands. all the Dumbo fans that have been... Before this was even in production. Yeah, I mean... That's what was weird. I don't even know how they know, but they got my home mailing address, and they've been just physically mailing me snail mail requesting mm-hmm. Dumbo episodes. Um, surprising. Yeah, they're a little bit old-fashioned. If you, uh, <laughs> like if I hit him, I'll say, um, I say, oh, yeah. but we, um, got a little bit of Dumbo talk. Never thought I'd say that on the show ever. <laughs> um, but thank you to Disney and Tim Burton for making this possible. There, there's nothing they won't make live action now. Are you excited for Dave and James Franco as the rescuers down under? Because that's happening. If you had told me they were making that, I would have been more excited than if you had told me that Tim Burton was doing Dumbo. I just like picturing James Franco with a terrible Australian accent because they can't do it. Hey, Academy Award nominee James Franco. And that's right. Host. And host. Yeah. Yeah. We forget about that. Um so yeah, we've got Dumbo talk. A uh, little Michael Keaton appearance. Maybe the first Danny DeVito conversation we've ever had on the show. And uh, Tim Burton. such a always. good Danny DeVito story here in a second. I can't wait to tell you guys. Moving yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. It's been, I guess, about a week since this all became official. And we haven't really talked about it at length or enough on the show. Um... We need to talk about this Disney-Fox merger a little bit more mm. and what this could really mean for Disney, who's the main subject of tonight's episode, for the Fox, who's still around, and um, is Disney going to just monopolize this entire thing now? Um, as And is he- Ronald M- McDonald getting his own show after Hannity? Ronald McDonald. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I mean Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Like, Ronald, thinking, like they've acquired McDonald's I too. I, I, I can play. I can all my huge <laughs> have overalls. I guess uh, some big similarity uh, there. Yeah. No, no um, Mickey's getting a spot after right after Hannity, which I'm interested oh, in oh, about. Oh, hey guys, oh, oh. <laughs> Mickey. Mickey's very easy. Uh, all right. Um, so Whoa. I guess it's been a while since we've maybe talked about even that this uh, was going to happen. So it happened. And uh, if you were to look at the 2019 schedule of releases for movies, live releases, movies that we talk about on the main feed here on the show, you would probably say, well, it looks like Disney is going to have a pretty good year this year, the old box office. And uh, you would be right. They've pretty much swept the past uh I don't know, ever since we've been doing the show, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of total gross revenue, uh, no telling how much they actually spend. Um, I would love to see the numbers on the net on a lot of these, (laughs) but nonetheless, they're, they're, uh, still doing very well. So you would say adding some of these properties is only going to help them. Um, and I guess that's how I feel about it. You know, um, (laughs) This is a total 
desperation move for Fox's standpoint. I mean, they're trying to stay alive, uh, do what they can. And I understand that. And, uh, so to have the ownership of Disney is never a bad thing. Um, but to give up some of this intellectual property is, it's incredible. And we're going to go through the list of the IP that they're actually gaining through this acquisition. But, um, they wanted this so bad that they, they bid like three times for it. The initial bid was like 50 billion. And then Comcast came to the table and was like, no, we're going to buy it. And then Disney was like, oh no, you're not. And then they, I think, threw another eighteen billion out on the table, um, and up to the seventy there. to sixty-eight uh, billion. And so that's uh, what it ended up going for for all this. And we'll talk a little, like I said, about how it breaks down here in a second. But uh, is this kind of hasn't sunk in yet for you guys that uh, Fox is no longer a thing and Disney now owns essentially their entire library of stuff what what do you think from a business perspective richard on this well i mean fox is still a thing it's just not yeah. a thing as much in in motion pictures anymore and i think they're still a player in television um in, in across a variety of channels in in not fox news channels. yes fox news is fox staying news um, and fox, fox uh, they have the network is staying but a lot of the shows that they produce mm-hmm. yeah for those we'll networks are going to Disney. So and the RS, yeah. the RSNs are still kind of in flux. Disney now kind of controls them, but may sell them back. That's a weird the RSNs are regional sports networks, like your Fox sports Southwest, or your Fox sports, uh, Southern California, things like that. So it's interesting how that will work out. Uh, there's still some, some things there, but on, on just the movie front, cause that's the show we do. Um, yeah, they have total, you know, control over these huge properties and as movies move it's a it's a really brilliant uh business move on obviously disney kind of knows what they're doing believe it or not uh but it you know as movies become this thing of it's 11 huge popcorn movies every summer and then oscar movies at the end of the year that's kind of the business that in between movie is what's lost uh disney now controls what, like 60% on some level between Marvel and Star Wars? And mm. of the top 10 movies this year, how many will be at some point Disney influenced? Influenced like six? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, not in a bad way. I'm just saying they've really carved out this corner on in terms of that. And they're going to launch a streaming service on top of that. All those are going to drop out of Netflix here soon. And they're going to have this kind of ongoing recurring revenue piece, which I think is a much bigger story. Uh, than the Apple TV Plus thing because when Dis- if Disney can put their whole catalog of stuff and Brian can speak to this better than me because he's a parent if and they kind of own family quote unquote entertainment if if Disney mm-hmm. can throw all their original content onto a streaming service for Coop what mm-hmm. would you pay a month for that and at what expense would you get rid of other stuff to have that yeah. because that's sure. what matters right and so. Uh, that's to me a much more interesting recurring revenue model than anything else going on, whether it be Netflix or Apple or whatever. But anyway, I'll let Brian speak to it because he understands it far more than me. But that's those are my two cents. Yeah, no, it's a huge. Obviously, it's a huge thing on the movie side. That that's incredibly easy to understand. You know, there's nobody who's sitting around being like, "Man, I wonder if this is a good deal for Disney or not." You know, mm-hmm. to be <laughs> the studio that's already in control of so much of what is happening movie wise, at least as far as 
big movies, blockbuster movies, event movies, things like that. And now they have a huge catalog of of other properties to uh, mm-hmm. engage on and to <laughs> exploit and to cross over with their existing properties and stuff. And to, I assume, to build into their theme parks if they so choose yep. at some point. And, <laughs> Do you assume so, or are you going to go seek it all out? I of know course. You. Obviously, I'm, I'm tracking it daily, um, <laughs> spreadsheets and such. But so that's huge. The streaming thing is going to be huge. Um, you know, Coop had we we there's a there's a Disney streaming service now that it's free if you have a, you know a cable login or satellite or whatever um, and it's a garbage app and I humble I'm, brag yeah and I can't yeah I have cable guys um just whew, I'm gonna throw that Rich. out there but but it's it's not it's not a very good app I'm excited for I it's very clear to me that it's just like yeah we don't really care about this because we're putting all of our time and effort and, and, right, and resources right, right. into developing this other thing but that's going to be a huge thing and I, I mean and it is it's it's already a I don't even, I don't think there's an official launch date for it but it's already like Lindsay and I have already talked about hey we got to make sure I'm sure it's going to be like somewhere between 7 and 14 dollars we just going to have to make sure that that's in the budget because it's going to be it, there's no way we're not going to have this with the with a six year old in the house, let alone sure. uh, the the two Star Wars series that are going to be mm-hmm. exclusive to that, and the this and the that and and the movie catalog the and Marvel all that series. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a huge huge revenue stream for them that could. I mean, there could be huge ramifications for that. I know we're we're in like the worst period of time for streaming because we we have reached kind of the apex point of i at least i I guess i hope of uh with by the end of the year we will have like 400 million different streaming services and we at some point we'll have to have some of them get bought out and bundle we're launching a mad about movies streaming service by the way (laughs) right right it's it's just (laughs) mcgruber (laughs) yeah don't uh, tune in with your kids after 6 p.m but uh 6 a.m but yeah (laughs) Right, right. The, it's safe from 7 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. Um, Before we play the podcast. <laughs> yeah, After yeah. that, it's just MacGruber. Right. <laughs> and only one scene from MacGruber over and over again on the loop. But it's... It, $6.99 a month, and you know why. <laughs> but that's that service could be... I mean, I, I'm with you, Richard. I think I think there's a lot of movie studios and independent studios and filmmakers and whatnot that are uh, probably a little nervous about what this is about to be totally um, for them moving forward. Because the I back catalog, see, Apple's yes. not going to have that. Yeah, and so like Apple exactly. may be awesome, yeah. but right, Disney, right. whatever plus, and that's why I think Apple should have really because they have a history of partnering together. Mm-hmm. But I think that they should have co-launched, you know, however way you could do it because. Apple could be awesome with the with the con the premium content they're going to offer, but at the end of the day, they're going to end up competing with HBO. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Disney thing is going to compete with Netflix on day freaking one because they're right. going to have this Agreed. crazy backlog. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 one hundred percent. I I think the movie side of things, uh, I'm sure there's some uh, fear or trepidation moving through the you know the whole system as far as the rest of the studios and stuff. But the the streaming side is really where Things are about to, I think, get crazy. I, I would, I would, I feel like we will see. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're in a like a, a continued growth towards like everything having its own streaming service, and I feel like we're maybe about to see the reverse of that of some of these streaming services getting snatched up by Disney, probably, and maybe some of the others as well as they 
uh, you know, they kind of knock out some of this competition. But that that streaming service is going to be it's going to be huge. But but I know that there's a, there's a lot of I, you know the X Men crossing over with the MCU is already a, a hot topic, and there will be dozens and dozens of other uh, properties that people can will suddenly realize oh wait that's i mean i know you got a list kent and we'll go through it but there will be something that two years from now will get uh reinvigorated and rebooted via disney that we'll be like oh right disney has the rights to whatever it is yeah and be like oh sure. okay here we go we're gonna get the i don't know the toxic yeah. avenger cinematic universe or something which i know is actually boston legal happening. but you know right. yeah right. exactly it's just some something is going to come out that we're like whoa wait what oh okay here we go because it's now they have it and mm-hmm. they have unbelievable amounts of money to spend something you uh you you weren't uh on the episode where richard and i talked a little bit about apple um mm. but that what apple does have that a lot of these companies don't is they have straight cash homie you know and they mm-hmm. I mean, their limitations are as much money as they want to throw because you can buy content if you're Apple, um, if mm-hmm. you really want to. And, and these, we're open to that, Disney, by the way, as a content Disney, provider. Right. They want to they, let us know. Shoot us an email. Um, <laughs> if Disney will license their content to Apple, if Apple pays what they want, I, I would. Uh, so I don't think like non original content is going to be what hurts Apple. What hurts Apple is, 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 getting the awareness of the devices that they need to be on, you know, just getting the market share is going to be their, their uphill battle um, for the Apple TV thing, but a little bit of a caveat to the Disney plus model is when it comes to this, uh, the Fox acquisition, um, Mm -hmm. they are planning on having the Disney vault movies uh, at launch on Disney plus. Yeah. Um, which is a big plus for people like you, Brian, who have kids or, you know, mm-hmm. people who, uh, you know, own the Disney movies to have those all in streaming on demand is going to be great. Um, also they say the first six films from star Wars will not be on the service. Um, oh, yeah. Be, yeah. those are, are being acquired by Disney through this Fox deal. Um, mm-hmm. and at some point, I guess since Disney owns them, they could re-release them and the uncut versions or this, you know, original theatrical releases of those and Lucas probably could say nothing about it, you know? Um, so, which would be great. So that's the only thing that's kept it from happening at this point was that Fox has it. But like I said, they're not going to be on Disney plus the star, the first, the original trilogy and the, um, and the prequel trilogy aren't going to be on there because, the streaming rights to those are held by Turner through 2024. So I assume after that deals up, ah. they're not going to renew that. And so 2024, there'll be some big rollout of star Wars comes to Disney plus. Um, and then um, they also 20th century Fox content or properties can't be on Disney plus until 2022 because okay. they have a deal with HBO that mm. ex- extends until 2022. So uh, theatrical movies, their first, uh, I guess their f- f- first option, uh, in terms of the 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 place that they have to go before they can be released into other places is HBO. So until that's up, you're not getting any of that stuff. But let's talk about the stuff that they are getting. So as we know, Disney already has Star Wars and Marvel, but mm-hmm. just with this acquisition, they're gaining a lot just for those two, just to keep those two licenses alive and well, 
they gain a lot of stuff. Like I said, you gain back the original trilogy, which is huge for Disney for money. Um, and restoration and 4k and all that stuff that they want to do. Um, and then you add on Marvel, they're gaining back all of the Marvel cinematic universe that they didn't have previously, essentially Mm. uh, aside from some Spider-Man characters that are with Sony still. Um, uh, but they already have Spider-Man, uh, with the, you know, the joint licensing deal with Sony or the joint, um, uh, profit sharing thing. So, so you add that. And like I said, this deal is almost like if you, if you're talking about the next 50 years of movies, like that's going to pay itself off just to keep those two alive with the, with $60 billion. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and so you add that and then you're talking about ABC's studios. So you got modern family, (laughs) you've got uh, speechless, which is currently on this is us airs on NBC as well as empire. Those are Fox uh, produced shows. Um, the gifted, which is a show on now, uh, the revival of the X files is now Disney property. Um, and I want to go kind of list, but, uh, more listicle way. So we mentioned the X-Men, you add the, you add Deadpool onto that, um, which is its own franchise now. Um, fantastic four, you've got, uh, avatar cinematic universe, which is coming, <laughs> which is already got Disney yeah. world park. So that works perfectly. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> can't wait. Uh, you've got Alien and Predator, which are Disney owned now. Wow. Um, we've got Jesse Ventura also. He's <laughs> owned. Right. right. Well, hopefully. <laughs> Signed a bad contract back in the 80s. Yeah. And- Vince McMahon got him again. Watch John Oliver. Well, hopefully <laughs> Disney tracks down and burns every copy of The Predator so we don't have yeah. to right. put it in a landfill somewhere. Um Disney now owns Fox Searchlight Pictures, who has had like six of the last big, oh best picture gosh. winners have been Fox I Searchlight. Didn't think about that, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a crazy one. Yeah, that's a little under the radar one there. Um, you the Planet of the Apes series uh, or property, uh, The Sound of Music, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. You've got the uh, Home Alone intellectual property now as Disney. Whoa, whoa, yeah. Now we're talking. Now yeah. you're talking now my we language. Now got a stew kid. going. Let's go. What up, Macaulay? <laughs> okay, Macaulay's the dad. Yeah. He leaves his his kid home alone. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll be back in Devin one hour with that script. <laughs> so many. I would play so many dollars to see like old, pissed off Stern and Joe Pesci like trying to like <laughs> go breaking. <laughs> Kevin they're Callister's so mad out. that they're doing yeah, this. They're like, God dang it. They got twelve million a piece to yeah, be in yeah. it. From- <laughs> yeah, I can write this script in an hour. We'll be right back. Exactly. Like, if, if Disney doesn't do that, there. That's the only thing you can do with Home Alone at this point, and then reboot it and just for a new generation. Um, but I want the ScarJo one remade. I want Home Alone three. <laughs> Weird Home Alone three stand. I know. I'm here for it. No, I'm kidding. The um, Disney animation side of things is going to get a lot. A richer in terms of the properties. Um, so you're adding for kids side, you've got blue sky studios, uh, which is Rio and ice age. So those properties mm-hmm. coming over. Um, and then you've got the animation domination of Bob's burgers, King of the Hill, American dad, family guy, and the Simpsons are, Jeez. um, now property of Disney. So I'm excited to see what, uh, 
meta satire thing the Simpsons do uh, in eight months whenever they can animate an episode and get it out there. Um, and so they've got American Horror Story. Uh, I mentioned the X-Files. They've got uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is now a... They'll be in the MCU before we know it. Yeah. <laughs> it's now a Disney thing. Well, we're talking back catalog, too. So you're talking syndication rights to all almost all of these properties, too. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Hulu's think about the syndication, too, right? Yeah. Well, Disney owns 60% of Hulu. So uh, from what I've read, the Disney Plus is is going to just be a, a, a compliment to Hulu. They're not trying to make Hulu go away with any of this. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how, yeah, how they kind of walk that line between putting stuff exclusively on Disney plus versus mm-hmm. having stuff that's already on Hulu and keeping it afloat. So, so that's all interesting. But like I said, um, you're talking back catalog and back catalog of all of Fox's movies too. I mean, all the real releases that they could do on every movie that they own the rights to, which I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, but just the uh, Fox Searchlight ones, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, The Shape of Water, Black Swan, Three Billboards, uh, over those of the past few years. But um, yeah, incredible. And the mouse is just getting stronger. And um, but so is Robert where, where I kind of mind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, <laughs> that's a weird impression. He's just laughing. That's my Mickey. He's like, oh, oh. Um, oh wait, I'm sorry. I thought that was your Obama. No. I didn't. They sound. <laughs> it sounds almost identical, though. It's weird. I can't. Um, yeah, I don't have a great ear, but yeah. <laughs> the um, what I wanted to kind of end this on is this bad for the industry? Aside from Disney, we know Disney is going to do well, but is this yeah. getting to the point of monopolization for the other studios? I mean, what is Sony supposed to do now? You know, <laughs> freaking, I don't know, make 50 James Bond movies or encrypt their emails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'll make a sports analogy. It seems bad, right? All signs point to bad. Um, Monopoly scares you. And then, and just like in sports, it's like you feel like, hey, it's bad when the Golden State Warriors and the New England Patriots win every year. But then you look at the numbers and the ratings are better than ever. And you go, okay, well, obviously I'm stupid because this seems every bell in my brain rings that this is not a good idea. But then everyone somehow makes the most amount of money when you know people like dynasties in sports. And maybe people like a big media company in, in entertainment as well. I, I That's... My very simple thoughts on it, but Brian, I, I'm more you're probably a lot more nuanced than me as usual. But that's sort of my my thought on it is I I I lean towards bad, but then I'm like, I'm yeah, we're gonna willing. get sick of it, but we're gonna go see it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> go see more somehow because it, they'll figure out a way to program us. So like I'm I think bad, but then I'm I'm willing to admit probably good. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I kind of I lean the same way. It seems on paper it seems bad as far as a monopoly goes, and that's. You know, if you're, you can definitely obviously use a monopoly for, for evil if you so choose, but it, it does seem to, I, I like that sport. I like the analogy there. The, the, I don't know. It's partly that everyone, people like a dynasty, people like a villain. There's just, there's a, I don't know. It's like a, 
maybe it's something that makes other studios up their game a little bit. And it, to be honest, we're already headed in a direction we have been for for twenty years, where really the vast, vast majority of of uh, all films that are actually released in theaters in more than five hundred screens, you know, and think that that sort of whatever their number is of of a wide release are huge blockbuster event type movies. And so, you know, Disney owning a huge chunk of that. I mean, they've been dominating for the last however many years anyway. So I don't know that it makes that big of a difference. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not business smart, but it seems like something that, uh, sounds bad on paper, but in reality is going to end up just being, eh, it wasn't that big of a deal. And maybe even, uh, to your point, Richard, it, it kind of drives, maybe it drives competition. Maybe it drives people to go to the theater more often. Maybe we see an uptick in subscription services that actually work, you know, whatever it may be, there's, there can be, I think there can be real positives coming out of it. And I, I honestly, except for the people who are losing their jobs over this because of, uh, you know, you can't, you're not going to keep everybody that comes over in a, in a merger like that or, or a, a takeover. Um, I, it seems to me like something that's not going to end up being quite the, uh, the harbinger of doom that it, that it is being made out to be by, by some people. And it, but I know nothing. I'm not a business person at all. So it could, I mean, they're going to work this release schedule. Like you would not let's fast, fast forward in your mind three years from now, they could work this thing where every single week of the year they have the number one movie. And there's nothing yeah. anyone can do about it, you know? And that's what I'm talking about bad for the business. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah. that's when people are going to get fired. It's like, no one can beat Disney. Um, we're going to love it. I mean, I, I, I'm, like I said, I, I love all these properties and a few that I didn't name earlier. And they make good stuff more often than they make bad stuff. Right. We'll uh, right. Yeah. They, they have a very high batting average for sure. Um, but I don't know if this, you know, if two other companies merge, you know, if Universal and Paramount merge now because they have to try to fight this, you know, um, if that's what it's going to cause kind of a ripple effect in the industry, we'll have to see. But um, a couple of properties that I didn't mention that they're also getting uh, Night at the Museum universe. I'll mm, probably yes. leave it at that at some point. <laughs> um, the Joss Whedon verse. So Buffy, uh, Firefly, Angel, uh, that whole stuff so brian gets stoked um yeah yeah and die hard man they got freaking die hard now so talking john mcclain at epcot john mcclain at magic kingdom (laughs) john mcclain at california adventure it's gonna be great he's the host of soren you know i think they're gonna they're gonna go and they probably already have done this they're gonna go in their freaking giant conference room Every property is going to be on a giant sticky note, and they're going to say, "What can we reboot in the next three months and start working on that's going to make money now?" And it, it, yeah. they're just going to just print money with this. Yeah. Every every property that I that I named is going to have a movie out in the next five years. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a King of the Hill movie. There's going to be a Family Guy. There's going to be another Ice Age. There's going to you know five freaking avatars. You know it's 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 going to be. They're going to milk this for all it's worth, for better or for worse, uh, yeah. at the end of the day. And, man, we don't have to worry about content on the show. <laughs> right? Yeah, They just great secure our us, show yeah. to be around for yeah. the next good while. Um, so, yeah. Again, I reiterate a- this. You know, we are up for sale. 
You can. Right. But there is a prize, Disney, that we will accept. <laughs> yes, it is very low. <laughs> no, <Nah>, low, <laughs> you know, in cash, but we'll take Disney stock <laughs> super high. Exactly. Yeah, I'll just take a season pass, I guess. That'd probably be cheaper for me. At the Brian, point. you're really killing me here, bro. I mean... <laughs> they own 24 now, too, so... Wait for the 24 cinematic universe. 24 films mm. of... Okay, okay. An hour each. <laughs> I'm listening. Not, not hearing a downside yeah, exactly. yet. Except Ice Age. That was the downside for me. Ice Age sucks. All right, you want to hear the downside? <laughs> sure. All right, sure. we're talking Dumbo next, guys, so... <laughs> Let's do it. Perfect seven. Look out for Mr. Stork. He's got you all his list. And when he comes around, it's useless to resist. Remember those quintuplets and the woman in the shoe. Maybe he's got his eye on you. Recording. Dumbo, the little elephant who was all ears. Okay, so I mentioned earlier, if I was to rank the uh, live-action Disney reboot, um, remake, whatever you want to phrase them as these days, whatever the this kids would be are, whatever the I kids are saying, you, but this would be number one. It'd be the, the first one that I would have done, and I'm surprised they didn't do it before Beauty and the Beast, to be honest. Um, no. Um, I don't know. This would probably be very, very, very low on the list. Um... Apparently, that's how it was for almost everyone else in America, because it did win the weekend, barely. Um, it made $40 million, something like that. $45. You would think any of these would you know, be easy money. Uh, this one's a hard sell, though. The sell is basically sad, cute elephant. That's the sell. Um, Tim Burton. They always try to sell yeah. us on Tim Burton. Yeah, we as a society are from like, the mind of Tim Burton. It's like that's we're cool. No, we don't we don't care about that. Now what else? Oh yeah, Michael Keaton. Okay, yeah, he's coming back. Oh. Um, this uh, just I don't know, general thoughts on this. We'll get. And I can't really spoil this movie at all. So um, this is not a. I mean, when we're talking about Tim Burton and his kind of filmography and what you think of him as, this is not a very Tim Burton-y movie, which kind of surprised me in a way. I mean, it's very whimsical. His movies are very whimsical. I mean, it, Danny Elfman was, like, born to do a circus movie score. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, he literally was born to do this. Like, he just... just I think after, the wound, yeah, after, just he, <laughs> after he actually finished the score, I think he just, like, he just... You know, dust it just flew. Yeah, just flew around the room. It's like, well, he did it. He did a circus score. It's it's it is it is done. Um, good night, sweet prince. Um, but I mean, I thought this was just going to be a bar- a barrage of assault to the eyes of Tim Burton isms and whimsical design and just yeah. crazy weirdness. Um, it wasn't that Disney was, won on this one. Yeah. It was it Disney that. definitely was like, all right, yeah, you can do it, but you can't Tim Burtonize this freaking movie, you know. Um, you gotta you gotta play it safe. Um, do a very natural adaptation, very realistic adaptation. Um, I actually didn't mind this screenplay. Um, 
you know, uh, I like the casting of Danny DeVito. I know I mentioned that earlier, but that's a, an out of the box thinking, uh, in terms of who you would expect, but it makes sense for Tim Burton and their history together. And I think Danny DeVito has a, he's an old school Hollywood actor that is doing what he does. And when he does what he does, it works. Um, and I, you know, the moments that I did enjoy this were him as the ringleader and talking, introducing Dumbo and the whole kind of setup to Dumbo's reveal and all that. Um, I think that's where this movie works, where it doesn't work is that they tried to make this into a live action movie that probably shouldn't have been in the first place, uh, for an easy, easy, uh, dollar or two. And, you know, it's slow. Um, the entire movie takes place in the freaking tent. And I was just so sick of that being in that tent for two hours that I wanted anything else to happen. I wanted the tent to burn down just so we could (laughs) go be out of the tent, you know? Um, so I didn't like that, but I thought it looked really good. Honestly. Um, like I said, it wasn't overdone and, um, I guess the actors were doing all they could here. Um, but you know, as they say in Hollywood, uh, sad elephants only get you so far. So, um, it's only, it is a classic, it's a classic. I mean, everybody says that. Like, it's, why else would you have the yeah. back tattoo? Of yeah, exactly. Saying, right? yeah. Sad we almost named the show that only gets you so far. Um, and so, yeah, this one, I thought the attention to detail and the production value is really good, but the story and like the, the actual story of Dumbo is just, isn't very good. So, so I mean, that's, that's yeah. your first clue right there that this shouldn't have been tried to be ab- ad- adapted adaptated into the screen um <laughs> but yeah brian yeah dumbo is not one of my favorites um i don't think that of all the live action or remake whatever you want to because i know people get angry about calling the lion king movie a live action remake all, all of these remakes that have been announced this is the one that was has always been the least interesting to me i don't like the original movie i it's not a uh not one that that uh, I've I've made a point of of showing Coop or anything, and and not one that I ever really care to re, to revisit. Um, I think can, you kind of touched on it. It there are some visually compelling elements, and I, there's a couple of scenes that really work very well. I think from a just a cinematic standpoint and the look and and feel. Um, Burton will do think, that. Yeah, absolutely, sure, and and those those are fine. Uh, I th- I thought the script was okay, but I I think you you nailed it, Kent. This is just it's not a good story. It's not a very interesting story. It's not. Uh, it's it doesn't really even feel all that cinematic. It feels like a fable that you are stretching into, you know, yeah. an hour and a half long movie. Feels like a short and, that that they tried yeah, to make into a movie. It's exactly right. Like if this was a Pixar short before yep. Toy Story Four, you'd just be like, "Man, that freaking rule!" Like that was a really cool uh, short that we got before that. But but as a whole movie, I just I don't think there's anything here, and I it just seems like a movie that, um, as we said in the news segment, Disney probably has a huge boardroom somewhere where they just have like every property that they own on a different tile, and they kind of move it around. And hey, today we're talking about this one. What do we what do we think? Is this a possibility that we could do as a reboot? And I think the I think the one page sells for this. Like I think it sounds like a good movie on a one sheet of like, well, it's a, a it's a classic, and um, we 
<laughs> B, we have the rights to it, so that's nice. But but just oh, the elephant and the way that the the people learn to uh, appreciate things that are different and and blah blah blah. And we have these stunning visuals of the elephant flying, and it's a circus. Everybody loves a circus, right? And the and the the colors are and the the color palette's great. It's a period piece. It's yeah, 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 yeah. And it and it's kind of timeless in a way, and it'll um it'll. It'll work. It'll, it'll we can get great. Danny Elfman, right? He can do a circus score, <laughs> right, right? And then you get into <laughs> the actual making of the film, and you're just like, "Oh, dude, how do we how do we make this? How do we make this 90 minutes long?" He's just there's just nothing here, and every it seemed to me like everything that they added, like every character and the the backstories and all these people and stuff was really at the the most base surface level, and not there's. I don't know, like there maybe is something there to to dig into on the lives of these people. And there is sort of like a romantic notion of the traveling circus or traveling entertainers moving from town to town and, and all that stuff. And these, at, you know, this troupe is kind of on their, their last legs and maybe there's something there. But then you, it's like you have to think, okay, but this is a kid's movie. The main theme itself is already really depressing and not super enjoyable. And then we're going to make the B story and the C story also kind of depressing and Mm -hmm. not enjoyable. It's just, there's just a lot of slog to get through. And as a result, I think you just get this, this whole movie is very scratch the surface, very barely scratching the surface on some themes that might be interesting in a movie, but would not be interesting or frankly appropriate in a kid's movie when every other theme is also in that same boat if that makes sense and it's so it's just it just got to be um very quickly to me this like 30 minutes and i was like this is this is such a checkout and it just kind of becomes the kind of movie that we hate talking about because it's not terrible and it's very competently made yeah it's 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 a finely made film but there's nothing really that jumps out beyond i mean Really, two scenes that are that total five minutes to me were really good, and everything else was just kind of at best meh, and at worst just ugh, what are we doing? You know, why am I why am I uh, wasting my time with this? And that's that's not a fun. You don't want that from Disney. You don't want that from any movie that you're going to see as you know as far as a big budget type thing goes. It just didn't. It doesn't really entertain. In addition to yeah. being kind of pointless in a way. And you could kind of see that in some ways coming with the, mm-hmm. the I think the audience has certainly sniffed that out. Then that thus the, um, and it's just not a property that a ton of it's, I, I think to think it has a pull like Aladdin or Lion King is a fool's errand because it's, it's a different, mm-hmm. it's a different people that love that movie are not going to movies anymore as much. Uh, you know, you would know better than me, me Brian, but I mean, mm-hmm. Coops, mm-hmm. Coops bros don't wild out over Dumbo, I don't think. There's just so right. much, no. uh, you know, it was a huge success at its time and it's a huge iconic film because there's not much else like it when it came out. That was really targeted to that uh, demographic. Yeah, I, I totally agree with agree. Brian on everything and Kent, and so I'm not going to waste anyone's time. It was it was a movie that I don't think should have been made. Was it made well? Yes. Uh, was it totally um, totally competent? Yes. Was I entertained? Not really. Um, it, it's, it's just a very kind of by the book technical achievement that doesn't feel like it should exist in any way. So that is my short thing. I'm going to tell my Danny DeVito funny story. So I'm at a trade show a couple years ago, and I meet a guy. I'm not going to say his first name. His last name was DeVito. 
and uh, he was this older man, <laughs> and uh, his son's name was Danny DeVito, and his son was, seriously, this guy's name was Danny DeVito, and he was like 34 years old. <laughs> and the dad, whose name I won't say, because I don't want anyone Googling him or anything, <laughs> was like, yeah, I... Uh, it's crazy. My son has made such headway in, in the, uh, in the industry. You know, I, uh, I, you know, we go into meetings and I introduce myself as blank DeVito and people go, Oh yeah. Like Danny DeVito. And I'm like, yeah. And it's like my son, my son's just getting in all these places and everyone knows my son. And he just didn't know that Danny DeVito no. was a celebrity. Wow. And That's it's not just, real. No, a hundred percent real. No. I can give you. I have secondary sources, which I won't share on the podcast. I can one hundred percent attribute the story. He thinks his son is famous. He thinks he his son is Danny the, DeVito. He thinks that his son is successful because every time he mentions his name, people go, "Oh yeah, like Danny DeVito," and they think he's, he thinks they're talking about his son. <laughs> and his son just like can't break the news to him. Like his, yeah. I met his son. Look. All well, I'm gonna he say, did no disservice to his kid. Why doesn't his I know, kid say, this "Hey, kid dad, was I, probably you named me born after a short, like, totally. actor"? And the uh, the kid the kid was probably like he's probably born like seventy nine to eighty two, like definitely in the wheelhouse where Danny DeVito mm-hmm. was a celebrity. Mm-hmm. But all you need to know about these people was we met them. I had stuff to do with them there in Vegas, and they rented a car. In, <laughs> who rents a car in Vegas? I mean, that's all you need to know. Exactly. But, <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I had to share that. Just didn't know, like, yeah, I mean, my son's crushing it. Everyone knows him. I go in every place to go, yeah, like Danny DeVito. <laughs> it's just, and he wasn't doing a bit. It was beautiful. It's incredible. Anyway. That's amazing. I did That's not, my review. I did not. I've never heard that story. I can't believe I've known you for well over a decade. I've never <laughs> That's heard a pretty that. new story. It's in the last two or three years. But, That's incredible. Uh, but nice, very nice people. They were lovely people. But but that story is way Dan way better story than this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's way better, way better arc. And let's film you telling that story, line. and uh, yeah. I'll just slot that in instead of. Dumbo. That's funny. Um, so you almost wonder why they pulled the trigger on doing this. Because, I mean, surely they didn't think this was going to be a hit. I mean, there's a difference. That surely they know which of their properties people want to want to see more of. You know, surely they have market research that shows them that. They mistake fandom. They mistake awareness for fandom. They mistake mm. people knowing that, oh, yeah, Dumbo, yeah. They mistake that for people wanting more of or caring about. Um, and we see a lot of, re- I mean... What was the uh, movie we did? Um, King Arthur, perfect example. Yeah. yeah, people knowing about it, but no one cares uh, enough to go out and see a movie based on it. And like you're right, Brian. Who on an average Saturday is like, all right, kids, we've got mm-hmm. 75 Disney movies to choose from. Um, who's what's kids picking Dumbo? If you first of all, if you give them the choice, right. second of all, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What parent is showing them Dumbo and saying, "No, you're going to watch this because it was 1938 mm-hmm. when this came out, and it's an right. important right. social time." And look at the animation for back in the day, and like you know, yeah. I mean, I just think, yeah, I'm with you, dude. I think this is one that is lost in this this current generation because 
this is, I mean, this movie came out, the, the original movie came out in 41, I think. And I think that it was, it is, I mean, it, you know, the, what the work that was done to make this movie is huge in, in 1941. I mean, it's, it's huge technological advancements and it looks incredible. All that sort of stuff. Mid war. <laughs> yeah, ex- absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think it gets, it got passed from that generation to like our parents' generation. And then our parents are like, Hey, you, you will love, you're going to love Dumbo because it's a classic. And they, they pass that on to us and it's us. It's our generation. That's like, eh, not great. Like I've, seen much better a lot of much better animated films recently and you know eh, the birds are a little racist and this is not really what i mean i'm not holding anyone to from 1941 to the standards of of 2019 but it's it's not it's not great on that front and it's boring and it's not a super fun movie to watch and i think it's us that's just like eh, i'm not really all that jazzed about Sean. I'm not going to force Coop to watch Dumbo. If he encounters Dumbo in the wild, you know, if he's at my parents' house and they have like a VHS copy or something and he watches it and gets into it, that's great. It's fun, but that's not one that I, and I don't think to your point, Kent, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that is a generational wide sort of feeling towards this movie. It's just like, this not yeah. really this one and Bambi too is another one that's just like, ah, eh, not really. Bambi is too sad. It's, it's not that it's yeah, not, it's not, it's, it's not yeah, good. Sure, it's just like, sure. you don't want to see your four year old cry, you know? Right, right, right. And I yeah. think, but it's good. I just it's don't just think sad. those really appeal. If anything, I think the, the, mis- now, part of this is Disney can take chances. We talked about like, uh, Batman V Superman is a great example of, it's not that that movie lost money. It didn't, it made some money for the studio, but because it wasn't, the huge hit that it was supposed to be that it should have easily been because of just, just the names on the poster and the title, that type of movie funds five movies, 10 movies, maybe like it it funds a huge slate of films for the studio. And so Disney's in a position because just what we talked about with movie news where they can, I'm not saying that this is a chant. This is not like a risky play by any means because it's a freaking reboot of their own property like it's not it's not like a a risk play but you can say in a a certain light you could look at it as a risk of saying yeah we spent 170 million dollars which is way too much but still we spent 170 million dollars on making this movie and maybe it catches maybe it rekindles something in our grandparents generation or our parents or whatever. And it, something happens and kids get into it because of their, their parents or their grandparents. And there's also, there's still Dumbo rides at all of our parks and blah, 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 all these sorts of things. And then it's like a built in, this doesn't have to be a huge hit in order to have pretty big, um, ramifications through the whole Disney chain. Right. To me, the mistake is doing this before, uh, before the the uh, streaming service is out, because I think I think there's movies like this that potentially could get be have some sort of like younger a, a renaissance with younger audiences because they're all sitting right there and available at your fingertips to stream at all times. Whereas I don't know, I mean I don't know if Dumbo is in the vault or not. I'm not up on 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 the uh, on vaultology, but it's not one that I remember being out on DVD and Blu-ray recently. And it's not one that you can go and buy at target. And it's not one that we own. 
And so I, and I don't think I'm the minority in that. I just think if you're going to do this movie, you want to do it after you've seen a year of the streaming data to say, Hey, you know what movie actually gets a lot of views is Dumbo. We should maybe think about doing right. a Dumbo movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, you make a good point. And just the fact that when you look at, you know, our first segment and we talk about Disney's financial stability, you would think they would take, I don't know, their top 10 properties, you know, and say, here's the foundation. These are the tent poles of the company, right? You've got Pixar, you've got Disney animation, you've got Marvel, you've got Star Wars, you've got, you know, now a couple of the Fox properties, right? Those are what, those are what you're going to make your money on. And when you do have the opportunity to make something that's not those, why don't they say, you know what, here's this great original sci-fi script that we've had the rights to for four years that we just haven't committed to. Why aren't they trying to make new franchises instead of trying to revive old franchises that no one cares about? The original runtime for Dumbo, the animated version, 64 minutes, and then you're extending that into to 90 minutes at least, if not two hours, and trying to make that work. And the only reason Dumbo was made, the original, was because they lost so much money on Fantasia that they had to try to make some money back for mm. Fantasia and so they only made Dumbo as a throwaway just to try to make money, essentially, which is just ironic that now here we are. Mm. But yeah, why don't they try to do more original stuff? It, it, it's honestly, you yeah. you think they would well, pride themselves on the originality that they have. And granted that they do come out with original stuff. I mean, you know, Frozen's original, uh, Wreck-It Ralph mm-hmm. or what, you know, those are technically original, but um you just, I just don't associate them with like anything but animation anymore. You know, in, in terms of creating the Disney magic, I guess that that's that's just their game. Uh, I mean, they just outsource all their live action stuff. You know, they just buy mm-hmm. stuff people know and, and they trust the intellectual property factor of things, yeah. and that's their yeah. business model, and that's fine. But it shouldn't. Their well, business model make, shouldn't be print money. Their, their, yeah, your business the model shouldn't be. Let's let's throw out twenty of these live live action adaptations in seven months. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're coming off uh, the freaking Nutcracker movie, which flopped huge. Um, we're coming off the Mary Poppins movie, which is a moderate success, and then you've got this, and then you've got Aladdin, and then you've got all this stuff that is. I don't. I just don't. I don't know why they think if this fails, how's this doing? Aladdin a a favor at all, you know? Yeah. If two of these sure. fail out of the three or four, or if they all fail, mm-hmm. and if all of these movies fail leading up to The Lion King, how does that affect the bottom line of what what otherwise would have been a $2 billion movie? Is now is that not a $1.2 to $1.5 billion mm-hmm. movie? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're no, just good, hurting point. what otherwise would be a, an easy home run. With mm-hmm. with with all, by hitting all these um, singles, you know what I'm saying? Sure. No, I, I get you. I mean, I'm with you, Ken. I wish that I wish that for the Disney would take that when we say they're taking a chance, it would be on making a fifty million dollar sci fi movie from a little known director rather than spending one hundred and seventy million dollars on on Dumbo. You know, I I do. I wish yeah. that. But their job's to make money, and that's I mean. 
it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to. I, I guess it's easy for us to spend. I know their job is to make money, money, but they, you know what I mean? they, and it's they have like. I'm just talking about like the uh, the let's let's put this money over into a separate account and just have some fun with it, money. You know, like sure, absolutely. not to pay the yeah. bills, money. That'd be great. Just, That'd be great. Why yeah. aren't they making four movies a year for ten million dollars each? You know, yeah. why doesn't Disney have like a an imprint like indie kind of mm-hmm. studio doing mm-hmm. that kind of stuff? And you never know, though, one of those can take off and be the next Back to the Future. And then you've got your rides, you've got your theme parks, right? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's to me. Um, it surprises me they're not going more in that direction, and they're just in the they're in the business of buy up all the properties we can buy, and that's. That's their model now. It's just, uh, it's just like the business of, of movies is, is, is crazy because they were so founded on like the creativity part of things. And now they're just buying creativity. It's just a very weird dichotomy you've got going on, but I've, I've ranted for enough here. Um, (laughs) um, let's talk about Dumbo a little bit more, um, instead of the industry side of things. Uh, what were some of the changes you guys noticed from the from the animated version? Um, the Jumbo Dumbo sign thing, because I know Dumbo was like named Dumbo in the cartoon because he was dumb. Did they want to eliminate that aspect? And so, you know what I'm saying, Brian? How, uh, yeah, how they had yeah, like had the, to uh, be PC yeah. kind of had thing. to yeah. be totally had agree. to be like, oh, his name was Jumbo, but. As soon as he rolled out in that cart, I was like, oh, the letter's going to fall and he's going to be named Dumbo. And it like happened eight seconds <laughs> into the scene. Yeah. Uh, and then that one guy was like, oh, his name's Dumbo. Dumbo. <laughs> and then, yeah. and so that was the callback to the original. Um, that was kind of brutal. Um, that was one of the only things I really noticed that was starkly different than uh, the animated version. But... Um, what about you guys? What did you notice? Man, I got to be honest. I haven't seen that version. I haven't seen the animated one in tw- 25 years. Oh, and years, they, they don't have the uh, I mean, getting drunk scene either in this, do they? Yeah. I was looking forward to that part, but uh, that's otherwise. uh That's a that's a, like an iconic scene of that movie. I know that the, why they wouldn't want to put that in here for kids or <laughs> to encourage yeah. alcohol consumption, but that's like, if they're going to show an Oscar montage and Dumbo's going to be in it. It's either him jumping off the thing for the first time, or it's that scene where he gets drunk and he's, I don't, I mean, I don't know. That's just like very weird. It's like not yeah, having the pride rock and the lion now. King or something. It's just very, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think yeah, you could now, but, but it's that. like, maybe they shouldn't have rebooted this when they kind of broke down or what are the big moments yeah. of Dumbo? Oh, there's a scene where they accidentally put mm-hmm. booze in his tank and he gets drunk and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, sees hallucinations of pink elephants. It's really <laughs> awesome. Uh, Tim Burton's view of that would have probably been pretty sweet, though. Let's be real. Pretty sure. awesome, dude. Yeah. Um. But speaking of Tim Burton, I was just surprised and and actually delighted that this wasn't just green screen, uh, like crazy. Mm-hmm. It felt a lot of practical effects. Aside from it was no dark Dumbo. shadows, which bummed me out. No, no white <laughs> face paint at all. Very hardly any. There was some, yeah. hardly any though. The clowns. Johnny Depp played all the clowns. 
He's, uh, you could tell by the scarves that were underneath their fire. No, I knew. No, I saw it. How pissed was Johnny Depp that little Easter egg? He didn't get the Pennywise role. You know, he's like working, (laughs) or the Joker. You know, Duffy, 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 Um, you see Dumbo, Duff, Dumb, Dumbo, Duffy, Duffy man, Duff man, Duffy, Dumbo, Dumbo. You see it? We go. You and I can go. I'll buy the tickets. Um, how? I don't know, excited slash disappointed were you about Arcade Fire's involvement in this, on all of this? Not surprised. What did they do? I didn't they, did, even... they did, like, the song at the end of the movie, and, oh, like, that's okay. their new single, or their current single is, like, the song from Dumbo. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, whatever. Gotta get that you know, money. Get in on that Disney yeah, money. Yeah. Get them checks. Yeah. Gotta get that Dumbo money, bro. Um, <laughs> so, I know Will Smith was circling being in this. Uh, what character? <laughs> Before he decided to be an Aladdin, I know he was. Maybe. Was that going to be Will Smith? That would have been weird. I I have no clue. I, I, look that up. I, I'm looking it up. Actually, why am I telling you to look it up? Will Smith. Dumbo. Get our interns on that. Will Will yeah. Smith won't star in Dumbo. That's I don't know. I do remember this. It was like two years ago. I remember talking about it in movie news. Um. Yeah, I have no. It doesn't. It didn't have a. It didn't uh, have a character. As far as I can tell, it doesn't have a character. So I don't. I don't know who. He, either I would assume either the Colin Farrell or the Michael. Maybe Keaton. Colin Farrell. Yeah, big big waste of Colin Farrell here. I love yes. Colin Farrell. Not, but if you're gonna cast Colin Farrell, let's do something with him. Not just have him kind of. I mean, that could have been Ron Livingston. I mean, there would have been nothing lost from that. The it's guy from lost. the Sprint commercials. Yeah, good mm-hmm. luck. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about the sprint uh, money? Jeez, the the politics of the Medici brothers and all that stuff—that was a little over kids' heads. I would feel like they wouldn't know, yeah, any of that or care, which made it more enjoyable for me. This was a way more adult (laughs) movie than I anticipated it being. Yeah, it was a little a little edgy Mm -hmm. at times, which is fine. It was it was fine. Coop was not super. I, I he. Cooper was not really How confused, into it. was he? Yeah, I want to just know, like, yeah, he had to be thinking, like, why is this a thing? Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of the same as me. He was like, I, he seemed to be interested when when Dumbo was flying, and that was about it. Pretty much the rest of it, he was just like, when is this movie over? Stuff. So yeah, so not not great. And there, honestly, there weren't very many kids in our theater. It was it was a it was an odd it was an odd experience. I think this definitely qualifies as a. As a pretty big misfire, unless it turns out that like the Germans are super into Dumbo and it makes four hundred million dollars there or something. Yeah. Um, aside from that, uh, classic moment of Dumbo jumping off the thing and then his ears flap and everyone's like, "Oh!" Mm-hmm. And he flies. Uh, I mean, they did that like seventeen times in this movie. That same yep. moment, that same like music swell moment. Um, yep. But yeah, that's. Yeah, I thought the first time that he flew in the ring was cool. There was a little, there was a, a touch of of uh, magic there, and the the sequence with the bubble elephants and the intro to Dumbo and and his his first big flight under the big top and stuff it was cool. It, I mean, it looked good. It was very. Um, 
cinematic and had some flair to it. Yeah. And it, but but to me again, those those two moments just really they really stand out. Not just as those are very good moments, but just as outliers compared to the rest of it, which just kind of meh. And I feel like uh, you referenced the one you did the. Uh, the, the King Arthur movie, mm-hmm. one of my big, there's a million complaints with that, but one of, one of the big ones to me was if you're going to like, I don't love Guy Ritchie, but if you're going to get Guy Ritchie to be your director, then you should play to the strengths of Guy Ritchie. You should have it feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. And the same here. Like I don't really love Tim Burton. I'm pretty tired of the act that we're doing, but anyone could have directed this. You didn't, you didn't need to get Tim Burton. If you're then going to, there's hardly Strip. any yeah. Hot Topic merch in this whole film. <laughs> yeah, how how bummed is Hot Topic right now? Like, oof. You're supposed to you're sell second quarter was going to yeah. be built on this. But. <laughs> you're supposed to sell Dumbo <laughs> knee high socks. Like, what? Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? How are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? Uh, but it's just if you're going to get Tim Burton, then you probably should have some Tim Burton elements. And were there any? No, I mean, it was no very not at all. It was <laughs> not Burtony at all. Uh, and there's no goth. Kind of yeah. No eyeliner on set. It was yeah. shocking. Um, yeah, it's kind of Disney won this battle, I guess. Maybe more. Maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna do. I'm I'm done with my aesthetic. I'm just gonna mm. make money now. Um, I'm. We'll see. You know, <laughs> we'll see. Sure. Uh, but I think Dumbo worked really well. Um, CG, the emotion. The cute, all that I think worked. Yeah, he was really, really well. cute. I was very drawn to the character. I really was. Not the movie, but the you know, mm-hmm. I like animals, and so he was appropriately cute, and I was into him. Right, and it. I mean that that worked for me. It worked for me for about forty-seven minutes. This movie, yeah, and I was like, all right, we're good. Feature, and yeah, it 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 was about. 60 minutes too long for sure. Uh, but what, yeah. what about, uh, what about you guys? What, what else stood out? What, what were some of the differences, anything like that from the, uh, original, the ridge? Will you watch this again? Is this anything, no. is this oh, something God, Cooper, no, no. Brian no. will ever ask you about again? No, he'll, for, he'll, he'll forget <laughs> he it. He already by, forgot it. What's coming out. So I'm trying to think of the schedule. Shazam. Sh- Shazam comes out this week. He'll, he'll be, he will never think of Dumbo again after, Shazam. Shazam and then Avengers in a couple of weeks. My gosh, I'll never I'll never have to see Dumbo again until we have Disney streaming and he randomly stumbles across it. For real. Like and and even then, I don't know that he's ever he's ever going to be pumped to uh to watch his game. I mean, I take him to the, to see movies pretty frequently. And it wasn't like he was like this sucks, dad. Like get us out of here, but I mean, I know you know, I know my kid pretty well. I could tell was not digging this. I mean, afterwards I was like, what'd you think, man? What'd you think of the movie? And he was like, it was good. And that was it. There's no, like, we got to get some Dumbo merch. There was no, we got to buy that when it comes out on streaming or disc or whatever. I mean, it was just like, all right, let's go home now. It's, it's time to go. So yeah, I like I a nap dad. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How was Helena Bonham Carter not in this? Like, <laughs> some- yeah. I think she it's probably was. Ava in Green it. Yeah. got her role. Yeah. yeah, Ava Green is his is his new Helena Bottom Carter. We didn't talk about uh, the last Tim Burton movie on the show, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, mm. That was probably his last. I'm going to Tim Burton the f out of this thing, <laughs> and it it made money. It was a hundred and ten million dollar budget. It made 
300 million dollars wow um, did it really gosh yeah overseas a lot um, i would assume. i guess I don't know any I like anybody that's the movie has never. It come wasn't up. bad. Yeah, I no. saw it on DVD or something, or maybe HBO or I something like that. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. yeah, it was one of his better movies of the last ten years, but still, like, yeah. it had no cultural impact to me, mm-hmm. and it made mm-hmm. three hundred million. Good for him. It uh, opened against Deepwater Horizon um, ah. when it was here. Um, had number one openings in Russia, France, Mexico, Australia, Brazil, and the Philippines. So I guess Tim Burton's still no collusion, no no collusion. <laughs> um, and Canada was responsible for uh, a lot, a big chunk of that too. So those daggum Canadians too. Shout mm. out! I love, I love, love me some Canada. I was just talking about that the other day. I want to, I want to get back up there as soon as possible. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see if Dis- Disney keeps employing Tim Burton. There's to be in the Tim Burton business after this. Uh, I, I think they'll probably still make that. money. He started as an animator there, whatever. I think they'll always, if there's something they can remotely throw him a bone on, as long as it's remotely profitable, I think mm-hmm. Disney will stay in the Tim Burton business because he's he's theirs, which I think is cool. Actually, I think homegrown sure. talent is always cool. Yeah, absolutely. What's the um, what's the one animated movie that they haven't announced? That it's getting made, but it's going to get. It. I think Lilo and Stitch. They've have they announced that, or I think that's probably mm. pretty. It's been like what ten years since Lilo and Stitch, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll be I live think action. They announced, that they, I think they announced the Mulan. They yeah, yes, that's, that's coming out next year. year. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, that'll be huge. Little Mermaid. They haven't officially announced that. I don't think. Um, yeah, they have because Lin Manuel's doing all the music. Who's the uh, who's? Yeah, they announced a female director for that too. I think uh, the original cast was Chloe Grace. Remember? Right, um, right, right. And I don't think that version is is coming out anymore. Um, but we'll have to see. So upcoming uh, is Aladdin, and then The Lion King, and then they have a Lady in the Tramp movie yeah, for Disney Plus. Not, it says, yeah, uh, exclusive I, Disney Plus. I remember, um, okay. I'm looking at a chart here. This is a Wikipedia chart, so if this is not accurate, um, then they have the Maleficent sequel <laughs> next year. That comes no, that comes this, this year. year, October this year. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Halloween this year. And then we have Mulan next year in March. So this time next year is Mulan. Uh, Cruella with Emma Stone is still up in the air. Um, or has a crew. It's still in pre-production, I guess. Uh, Pinocchio, TBA, Hunchback, TBA, Lilo and Stitch, TBA, and Little Mermaid, TBA. That's all it's listed. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Lin-Manuel and, his, uh, and Mark Platt um, are attached to do that. As well as the... Mark Platt's the guy that writes all the Disney hits, but um, he's doing the Cruella movie too. So, mm. yeah, we'll see um, how this Lion King movie comes out. We got Aladdin here in about I don't know sixty days or less. So, yeah, um, yeah. We'll quick turnaround, quick turnaround yeah. for Disney. We got to get that genie done. Yeah, <laughs> man. That one is gonna. I gotta, be I gotta get out of this episode, guys. They they brought me in to finish some of the animation. <laughs> oh really? But, uh, Are you shading? I, no, I just I'm not even good at it. But they just they gotta have somebody. They gotta have around the clock attention on this genie thing. It's, it's You're not colorblind, mess. so. 
<laughs> you talked about Guy Ritchie. Uh, he's doing Aladdin, so yeah, we'll sure we'll see if they Buckle let him Guy Ritchie the thing, or if there's going to be a snake. There probably will be a giant snake involved in this. There's definitely a giant snake in this. Lock, stock, and one flying carpet. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, so that, that, if anything, that's definitely going to be a polarizing episode. So, oh, yeah. If you only listen to our Disney live-action reboot episodes, we'll see you in 60 days. Just basically keeping get... us in business at this point. Yeah. That's, good. that's true. Like that's good. I said, plenty of content yeah. for us. You can't yeah. complain there. Okay. Uh, let's grade this out. I'm going to give Dumbo as a movie. Doesn't need to exist, but is it mm-hmm. bad? Nah, not, not, a, not bad. Um, I've seen worse <laughs> in the past week, actually. So I'm, I'm actually go- proud of us for getting a real review in here. Like yeah. this type of movie, usually it's just like 30, know, 39 guys. minutes here so far on, yeah. on Dumbo Rolling. talk. Um, I'm giving this a B minus. Mm. It's almost a B. So is, that, is that fresh for you when you uh, no when you do your rotten tomatoes? No, input? no, okay. no I can't. I can't recommend it, but okay. I can. I can give it the benefit of the doubt um, in terms of the things they could control. We're we're mm. fine, but um, okay. yeah, it mm. shouldn't have shouldn't have happened in the first place. Nobody, it's not their fault, you know. So sure. What about okay. you, Brian? I'm a C. Just bleh, just didn't. There's like two scenes, like I said, have said five times. There's two really good scenes, and everything else just could be lost to uh, to uh, time immediately, and we would lose <laughs> literally nothing. So, uh, C, it's a C for me. How about you, Arby? Yeah, I'm gonna give it the worst grade I can give on this show uh, because F minus 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 minus. That's those true. are actually at least fun in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can't I'll send you the check, but uh, I'm going to give this a C plus, which means mm. it was I was thoroughly mediocre on it, which is yeah. a tough episode here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move on and hit that recommend then. Weekly recommends. All right, RB, what you got? The easy one. Sometimes recommends are tough because we're busy and. You know, you have different uh, schedules going on. Maybe you don't get to the shows, movies, books, CDs. What CDs? That's not a thing. Uh, albums or whatever you want to listen to anymore. This one's easy. Veep's back. Watch Veep. It's easy. Veep is back. I know Brian's been re-binging, and, uh, but it's good stuff. And uh, the final season, not only is it back, but it's the final season. And so uh, get caught up if you're not caught up and start watching Veep. It's one of the best comedies ever and certainly one of the best of its era. And it's... It's fabulous. So, Brian, I want to throw to you because you've been re-binging with thoughts. Yeah. Oh, it's been so good. It's it's probably the third time that I've watched the first three seasons, maybe. Um, And, it man, it doesn't. I'm in the middle of season four right now. It's such an easy binge, too. It just... It rolls from one episode to the next on, uh, on HBO. It's so, so perfect. Such a perfect show. So, so funny. And I have been beating y'all down and my, my other, like, group thread text with like random quotes because it there's just so many on us? <laughs> there's just so many that you don't I, i'm sure i remember I, i'm sure i laughed at them the first time around second time around or whatever but it's, it's kind of like arrested development it's different stuff jumps out of you at and every viewing i think it's so good she's she uh jld is like this cements her as like the the goat yeah. right 
Yeah. You know what's amazing so too? We have, this have two the you know, two top ten comedy shows mm-hmm. ever on TV. Yeah. You know? It's pretty amazing. This rewatch more than more than the last few times I've watched it really I think showcases what a generous performer she is because I mean she's hilarious we all know that that she's an American treasure and and just a brilliant comedian and she is so infrequently the actual joke teller on the show or the actual line deliver that makes you crack up and so it's just but everyone is feeding off of her like she just she's the the sun and all of these really funny planets are rotating around her and to um, allow that to be how the, the show goes is, I mean, says, I think says a lot about uh, about her as a as a person and as a as a performer because she just so rarely is the one who is delivering the line that kills you. You know, it's all people playing off of her character's yeah. insanity. Yeah, Furlong's <laughs> just the greatest character ever. Oh, and uh, yeah, just, what? Also, last point on the incredible incredible ability for that show to bring in a performer and have them like second season. Now we're going to add a four, somebody in the fourth season. We're going to just keep adding mm-hmm. to the cast of characters and they all deliver. They all just come in and bang. It's, it's great. We'll do a, let's do an episode at the end of the yeah. season for the, at least for the VIPs for the VIPs, sure. um, the VIPs. See, yeah. I see what um, you did there. Deep for the VIPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this is the last season, season seven. So speaking of JLD, you know, we've done this uh, Harry Potter re-binge for Ken. I think thinking Brian might need a Seinfeld binge. You know, okay. maybe we might one. be able to get to turn him. Yeah, we might do a Episode Seinfeld one, recap. That, I remember Richard, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, when I think it, right when it went on Hulu, when Seinfeld yeah. went on Hulu, I remember you did the, the re-binge. From episode one, that's yeah. the that's I'm how I doing it, by that's the how way. I discovered like the show. Team, team I'm on like yeah. turnaround number four because that's basically all I watch are yeah. Seinfeld reruns. The, I'm that weird old guy now. The um, cool. I mean, I'd seen episodes growing up on TV, but the way I discovered them was the DVD sets, the original DVD yeah. box sets, and I, you know, went, you know, season by season as they were being released and discovered the show that way. So it's so good. Sequence oh yeah. Too. So you, it's have great to, you almost have to do it in sequence. Yeah. It, it's almost, it's the best show to do watch in sequence and then go back and you have a frame of reference on almost every bit, every inside <laughs> joke, every single, you know, cause they'll, they'll mention stuff in season nine of Seinfeld, uh, that they mentioned in season two, you know, um, oh. and they'll, it all comes back around sometimes. I think we could, but if Brian, if we could Brian get Brian to do, to do it for the just, pod, just to do it for the pod, yeah. Do it for the pod. Sure. He yeah. will do it for the pod, I think. Yes. If he I've does seen it, like eighty percent of Seinfeld. But so, you have to do them in order. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm in. Curb is another good one in order too, if you haven't oh, done yes, that one. For sure. I did that yeah. one like two That's months great. ago maybe. And I, I don't know, there was I don't I didn't even talk about it on the podcast, but I don't know, there's a probably I don't know, there's three months straight last year where from the time I got home from work until I went to bed, I only watched Curb for like three <laughs> months straight. It was incredible. Like I actively would leave work driving home 
and thinking like, I cannot wait to watch Curb right now. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was like you get like an addiction to it, you know, and it's Gosh. really weird. And like I you always weren't my best friend. Take my bare fist, <laughs> shove it in your face. There's such a timeless quality to that show that I think it's irre- irrepeatable. I mean, to to make an, an episode in year 2000 and then make one in 2018 and have and be able to watch them back to back with almost no difference, you know, and like continuity is amazing. Uh, so hats off to LD, and I'm excited for the next season of Curb here in the next couple of months or so. But um, uh, man, yeah, lots happening on HBO. Man, mm-hmm. got Game of Thrones mm-hmm. coming up too. Got to watch the yeah. Thrones. The Money Maker. That's what pays for all the shows. Yeah, all the non-wood shows we like. Be prepared to not <laughs> see or hear from our show because we're going to be drowned out by all the Game of Thrones podcasts of <laughs> that pop up, you know, like uh, Game of Thrones reviews. Um, Brian, have you have you guys are you guys both caught up? Yep, I am. Richard doesn't watch, do you? No, you don't way watch too much. He's retired. He's, he's retired. Oh, wow. A, I'm retired from TV. B, there's way too many woods involved for me. Yeah. Dude, yeah. You know what? I was retired from TV or taking on new TV. I was just all into reruns and old sitcoms. Like, I'm fine with that. But I had to watch Thrones just because, I don't know, I just... Yeah, because you yeah. don't have the intolerance for words that yeah, I, have. I I have such FOMO about it, like about not yeah. being a part of the cultural phenomenon of... Mm-hmm. of this bunch of nerds thing. nerding I missed about out on breaking stuff. bad I, I didn't i didn't get on breaking bad until like the last season yeah uh, so i tried here. to get on as soon as i could i was like well i'm i'm all in and so i did the binge and caught up and i'm doing the rewatch now of the of season seven yeah. to so i get the frame of reference more in line but uh mm-hmm. i'm excited man yeah. I think our listeners yeah, we, are excited too. So. We should do something. You, you, me, and Ariel can't. We should do something. I feel we like should, we have to do something for the VIPs at least, just because it's such. It's, it's so, so culturally dense, prevalent though, that, that I'm going to feel so something. terrible that I'm not going to. I know. Do it we service, we, we have know? to figure out a we have to figure out an angle, but we I think we got yeah. I think we've got to do something either around the premiere or around the the finale or something. We, we'll we need to do, do something. the finale. Let's wait till it's up and we'll do something. But sure, it's I, man. It's like a movie a week. Like it's that. Oh yeah. The production it's, value is un, un, incredible, unbelievable. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, nothing compares to it on TV. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I, why I've stayed aboard is just I'm just a shock at what they can do on TV now, and this that's like the prime quintessential example of that. Um, but man, TV HBO is popping off. Barry season two just just dropped last night too. Um, so. Barry season one. You guys need to get on it. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Oh, yeah. I, need to get, I need to do that one. I've, no. I've watched like that one's four a, episodes. I need to just premiered it. on Netflix, so you're gonna have to nice, nice to find that one. Um, what's your recommend, Bry? Uh, I'm I'm sticking HBO. I'm I'm gonna recommend. I I did do Taxi the Cap Game of Thrones. Yep, <laughs> right. got it. I, I did not not Taxi Captain Confessions. Just for the record, uh, I did I did the Game of Thrones rebinge the entire series Kinto, and then after I finished that, then uh, True Detective was done. So I finished. I I just did a quick eight episode. Oh, nice. felt, felt very quick compared to Game of Thrones, but eight episodes season three of True Detective. Uh, not as good as season one. Significantly better than season two. And uh, Mahershala Ali is great. Stephen Dorff was great. I was very surprised by how 
awesome Stephen Dorff was on the on the show. I think it, it would have been better as six episodes. I think there's a there's a little bit of filler in each of the eight episodes to get to eight that uh, probably would have been better held to just stick to six. But overall, it was a uh, was a very interesting and and uh, and and very good acting. So True Detective season three is my recommend. Awesome. I have not gotten around to that one yet, but uh, it's on the list. It's definitely on the list. What I have gotten around to, something that just dropped on Netflix, guys. You guys, are you guys familiar? This might be a separate episode, actually. Mm-hmm. You guys familiar with Doomsday Preppers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Maybe the most entertaining thing I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> These people who prepare for the end of the world in their different ways. There's a really good Penn and Teller BS about that about 15 years ago on Showtime about the Doomsday Preppers. They were ahead of their time, I guess. But yeah, yeah those people are gr- great content. Evergreen. Hey, the, these people ha- each have a different way the world is going to end. You know, Some are like, well, the government's going to collapse on itself. Some are like, well... You know, there's a giant flood that's going to come when the polar ice caps melt. And, you know, other people are like, well, nuclear war is going to happen, obviously. You know, everybody's got a different scenario. But there's this one episode on, I think it's season one, maybe like third or fourth episode, where this guy is a prepper and he lives in a house and he's like, you know what? If this nuclear war happens, then then I'm toast in this apartment. Like, I got to get somewhere where I can be like isolated and so he sells his apartment and buys an RV and buys 50 acres of land and just parks this RV in the middle of this 50 acres of land. And then like he, he meets this girl online from Columbia and she moves to America. And like her first day, he's like, all right, well, let's go home. And they go to this RV and she's like, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like didn't think this would be it. You know, it's like the most cringeworthy awkward like blind date meets uh schadenfreude ever you know thing of all time and uh it's incredible tv so doomsday preppers has dropped on netflix if you haven't if you're not familiar with that if you don't have cable or something like that that's a good saturday morning while you're reading the paper and drinking coffee kind of show really light funny and uh very very weird so check that out. Um, yeah, that's all I got. We could recommend. Awesome. And um, VIPs get excited this week because uh, we talked Field of Dreams for baseball season. And Yay. that'll be dropping. And, uh, and also get excited that we're talking Harry Potter 2 and the Sorcerer's Chamber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chamber of Sorcerers Secrets um, And oh, that's that going to be dropping Next week uh, In the VIP So look forward to that um, next week So if you want more from us It's madaboutmoviespodcast.com For more episodes Other than just our daily I mean our weekly uh, episodes That we drop here on the main feed And uh, so if I wanted to find you Brian online Where could I do that? You can find me on the Twitter, BGO12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me across all the social at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me across all the socials at Kent Garrison at kentgarrison.com. And yeah, subscribe on iTunes. If you like what you hear, leave us five stars. 
And uh, VIPs, if you want one of our gold enamel pins, let us know in the next day or two. And we're going to send those out in the next day or two. So um, be sure and be a VIP if you want one of those. And um, until then, until next time, see you all next week. We're talking Shazam at the cinema. Bye. Shazam. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salad and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yaya. They're calling again.